Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled A Pandemic and Bible Prophecy, Part 8. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church, to find greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please check our show notes for links to our home website and other information you may want to know. Our show notes are found with every episode. We are located on 22 platforms. Check out the list under the podcast menu item on our homepage found at unchurched.site123.me. Last week, May 23rd, we studied Part 7 in our look into a pandemic and Bible prophecy in Chapter 9 of Exodus. In that episode, we found our first destructive element, boils. These boils infected both man and beast alike. Notice what happened to all the livestock when these boils broke out. The Lord set an appointed time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this in the land. And the Lord did this on the next day. All the livestock of the Egyptians died. But of the Israelites, livestock, not one died. Exodus chapter 9, verses 5 through 6. Notice that not all the animals died, but all the livestock. Typically, we today identify livestock as farm animals. Hence, chickens, cows, oxen, and the like. But not every animal died since not every animal can be classified as livestock. Then we read, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from a furnace and have Moses throw it into the air while Pharaoh is watching. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt and will cause boils to break out and fester on both people and animals in all the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 9, verses 8 through 9. So there are plenty of animals, while now sore, that are still alive. This week, we look at the seventh plague, hail. The seventh plague is the first one that we can see in Scripture that attacked both man and beast, bringing death to all of man or beast that was not sheltered. We go from the highly injurious and infectious disease to boils, and now life-threatening hail. The following Bible passage is quite long, so please bear with me and you will see why. This week's scripture reads, 
the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Release my people so that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on your very self and your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with plague, and you would have been destroyed from the earth. But for this purpose I have caused you to stand, to show you my strength, and so that my name may be declared in all the earth. You are still exalting yourself against my people by not releasing them. I am going to cause very severe hail to rain down about this time tomorrow, such hail as has never occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. So now, send instructions to gather your livestock and all your possessions in the fields to a safe place. Every person or animal caught in the field and not brought into the house the hail will come down on them, and they will die. Those of Pharaoh's servants who feared the word of the Lord hurried to bring their servants and livestock into the houses. But those who did not take the word of the Lord seriously left their servants and their cattle in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand toward the sky, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on people and on animals and on everything that grows in the field in the land of Egypt. When Moses extended his staff toward the sky, the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire fell to the earth. So the Lord caused hail to rain down on the land of Egypt. Hail fell and fire mingled with the hail. The hail was so severe that there had not been any like it in all the land of Egypt since it had become a nation. The hail struck everything in the open fields, both people and animals, throughout all the land of Egypt. The hail struck everything that grows in the field and broke all the trees of the field to pieces. Only in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites lived, was there no hail. So Pharaoh sent and summoned Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are guilty. Pray to the Lord, for the mighty thunderings and hail are too much. I will release you, and you will stay no longer. Moses said to him, When I leave the city, I will spread my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth belongs to the Lord. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now the flax and the barley were struck by the hail, for the barley had ripened and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are later crops. So Moses left Pharaoh, went out of the city, and spread out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail 
ceased, and the rain stopped pouring on the earth. When Pharaoh saw that, the rain and the hail and the thunder ceased, he sinned again. Both he and his servants hardened their hearts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hard, and he did not release the Israelites as the Lord had predicted through Moses. From Exodus chapter 9, verses 13 through 35. We should note, the fire spoken of here could well be fire as we know it. However, this fire spoken of here may also have been what we today call lightning that struck the ground in other objects. What moved Pharaoh in the moment of thunder, rain, hail, and fire? What is really sad here is that it was only in the moment when Pharaoh was afraid. Once the thunder, rain, hail, and fire stopped, we see in Scripture that Pharaoh was only motivated by fear caused by the elements not relenting. He said to Moses, I will release you and you will stay no longer. Yet, when all was well again, these words meant nothing to Pharaoh as his heart hardened further. Even today, I have seen modern people behave this way as well. Things go bad and people say that they will stop doing what may have led to such dire circumstances. Yet, when things get better, nothing in these people has really changed. One has to wonder, it took this plague to finally cause fear in Pharaoh, yet it was the fear caused by being afraid and not the fearful reverence mankind renders to God with a willing and willful heart, mind, and soul. Moses is here ordered to deliver a dreadful message to Pharaoh. Providence ordered it that Moses should have a man of such a fierce and stubborn spirit as this Pharaoh to deal with, and everything made it a most signal instance of the power of God has to humble and bring down the proudest of his enemies. When God's justice threatens ruin, his mercy at the same time shows a way of escape from it. God not only distinguished between Egyptians and Israelites, but between some Egyptians and others. If Pharaoh will not yield and so prevent the judgment itself, yet those that will take warning may take shelter. There are three comments in this commentary passage that will give us better understanding. One. When God's justice threatens ruin, his mercy at the same time shows a way of escape from it. Notice how that sounds familiar to New Testament scripture. No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. From 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the common edition, 
New Testament. Notice how God provides a way of escape for those in temptation. Notice, too, that here in Exodus, God has also provided a way of escape for his people and those Egyptians who have decided to believe in God as well. Even while they escaped the thunder, rain, hail, and fire, we should specifically note that they remain sheltered from the storm until it was over. This should sound similar to what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. In part, it said, But the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. I believe we are seeing this happen here in Exodus. Paul could very well know of this incident and may well be speaking with it in mind. Do these scriptures apply to us today in these pandemic times? Is there, in some godly way, a way of escape, quote-unquote, from this pandemic for those who love and serve the Lord? Two very good questions. Like many others we have asked, they need us to find the answers to them. We should not be simply unsafe and ridiculous. We should nonetheless ask the question, is God doing something in these pandemic times that provides his people a way of escape? Thus, providing a most compelling testimony of his power and grace. Again, the answer to these questions we all need to find for ourselves. Yet, I can testify that I am unaffected by this pandemic. I have not caught coronavirus or COVID-19. I have held to all the proper precautions like wearing a face mask and such. Maybe the modern-day equivalent of being in the house, as they were told to go here in Exodus. Also, I have not idly and disrespectfully gone places that I do not need to go. The only thing I have done within the last few days, I have gotten the vaccination. So, for me, the question is, has it been dumb luck that I have not acquired coronavirus, or am I blessed of God as the Israelites and the Egyptians that took shelter in Egypt? I have taken shelter in this modern day from coronavirus. Again, the question is, has that been enough and a part of what God is doing in his true people today? 2. God not only distinguished between Egyptians and Israelites, but between some Egyptians and others. This should also stir your mind with similar scriptures in the New Testament where God also distinguishes between those who are called saved in Christ, and those who are not. We know that the Israelites are God's chosen people. The Egyptians are a model for everybody else even today. Why? We see many non-Jewish people who are like the Egyptians we are reading about. Some are saved and some are not. Some obey God and some do not. 
Time is the only difference here. The people then and the people today bear little difference in their attitude for or against salvation in Jesus Christ. Some have taken similar shelter in Christ, and some, like the Egyptians here in Exodus, have not, and we see what the outcome will be both then and now. When God's justice threatens ruin, His mercy at the same time shows a way of escape from it. God not only distinguished between Egyptians and Israelites, but between some Egyptians and others. If Pharaoh will not yield and so prevent the judgment itself, yet those that will take warning may take shelter. From Matthew Henry's Concise Commentary on the Whole Bible, Public Domain. If you read the book of Revelation, you will be able to see judgment coming in this modern day. The question is, will you take cover in Jesus Christ by being saved in him? This is the modern day equivalent of the Israelites and some Egyptians taking physical shelter from the hail. In Jesus Christ, we need to take spiritual shelter. The reason We will otherwise stay here in our sore form like that of the Egyptians that did not take shelter. Not that many of us are actually in Egypt, but this scripture bears commonality with us today. We can see that commonality with the book of Revelation. While not directly, we can see there are modern-day implications here in Exodus. You die eternally unless protected with salvation in Christ. What is happening here in Exodus symbolically for us today is similar to our modern-day situation with regard to facing our near future with the downturn in the globe and the rapture. Yes, things in the physical seem to be getting better, and this pandemic seems to be relenting. As they used to say, We need to die once and live twice, or live once and die twice, meaning we are alive now. If we are saved in Christ, Scripture tells us we live again, and so physical death has no impact on us other than we are asleep in Christ until his return. However, even though we live now, we are spiritually dead if we are not saved. At some point, we will die. If we are not saved in Christ, then our eternity will be eternally lived in hell. This is the second death. This passage of Exodus should bring this to mind. Why? Because we see the spiritual first portrayed in the physical. The Israelites and some of the Egyptians took shelter from God's wrath the same way we, today, take spiritual shelter from his forthcoming wrath most typically outlined in the book of Revelation. The seven-year tribulation is our storm that we need to shelter from, which can only be found in our salvation in Christ. For more on how to be saved, click the link in our show notes for that episode. 3. If Pharaoh will not yield, and so prevent the judgment itself, yet those that will take warning may take shelter. 
Notice how this previously quoted commentary passage opens, If Pharaoh will not yield. This tells us, as some of the New Testament parables do, that as long as we are alive in this life, we have the opportunity to change. Pharaoh resisted this change. Had he changed, this would have prevented the judgment. Yet, we see, only those that took warning could take shelter. Is this not unlike our present-day shelter in Christ? If we, like the Egyptians, are willing to be saved in Christ, we may take shelter on an eternal level from hell. Is this not like the Egyptians we are reading about here? They, like us today, had to yield to God to be safe from the storm or tribulation that was to come quickly with dire results for those not protected from the storm. Matthew Henry's concise commentary on the whole Bible, Public Domain, reads, Some believed the things which were spoken, and they feared, and housed their servants and cattle, and it was their wisdom. Even among the servants of Pharaoh, some trembled at God's word, and shall not the sons of Israel dread it? But others believed not, and left their cattle in the field. Obstinate unbelief is deaf to the fairest warnings and the wisest counsels, which leaves the blood of those that perish upon their own hands. In closing, we should notice three things here. Those who feared and housed their servants and cattle were found wise. Commentary said, it was their wisdom. The Egyptians represent figuratively us today. We see then and now some who will believe and others that will not. Commentary said, even among the servants of Pharaoh, some trembled at God's word. Then, commentary closed with this profound statement. Obstinate unbelief is deaf to the fairest warnings and the wisest counsels, which leaves the blood of those that perish upon their own heads. Next week, we will look at the eighth plague, locusts. The plagues of Egypt show the sinfulness of sin, according to Matthew Henry. The sinfulness of sin? Isn't that a well-known subject then and now? We will see next week. Play or download next week's episode, A Pandemic and Bible Prophecy, Part 9, from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Also, please check out our show notes for links to our website and other information you may want to know. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, 
an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you will find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode title Introduction About Us who we are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on 22 podcast sites. So, you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.